Welcome to Give a Heck. I am your host, Dwight Heck, and for much of my life, lived my life in quiet desperation, wondering how I was going to pay the bills, take vacations, save for retirement, and one day wondering if I would get off the hamster wheel of life and have purpose. A life that most of society lives, which takes us to work, then home, then repeat, and pays us hopefully enough just to survive. The harsh truth that most live with more months than money and have no idea how to live life on purpose, not by accident. This ensures the mass majority are living not just financially broke, however emotionally and mentally as well due to financial pressures. In each episode, I will introduce you to thoughts, ideas, and guests that can help you to learn how you too can live life on purpose, not by accident. Good day and welcome to Give a Heck. On today's show, I welcome Lois Hollis. Lois shifts our opinion on one of the most forbidden subjects, shame and guilt, depression, anxiety, 30 years of migraine headaches and pains were Lois's way of life until she learned about the dangers of shame, guilt. Her passion is to show the way to love ourselves and others by alleviating the suffering of shame, guilt. She shares her 15 years experience as a shame, guilt educator, counselor, filmmaker to give an effective lasting way towards health, wellness, and spiritual maturity. Lois comes with a lifelong background in health. She began as a nurse's aide at 12 and continues today at 77. Lois is a trailblazer. She started by developing one of the first kidney hemodialysis centers in the United States. Today, Lois brings shame and guilt together as a new field of study. She is the author of three books and a video on Soul Speaks, an original process that brings peace to our inner personalities. Her newest book, Now is the Time, contains her light language reading direct from her soul that expand our spiritual development. Her new film, I'm Good, illustrates shame, guilt, trickery. I'd like to welcome you to the show, Lois. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on and share with us some of your life journey. Thank you. I'm an honor to be here. Thank you for coming on. So, Lois, I am a person that loves um, understanding people right from the right from the beginning of their lives, their earliest recollections of their memories, their actual origin story. Um, the reason that I become such a stickler about that is we look at the movie th- seasons that we have right now, and they start at the middle, and then they go back to the beginning, right? And it basically frustrates me because you don't know anything that caused the story to start, right? So just knowing where you started in your work career doesn't answer all the questions that the listeners and I possibly want to know about your past. So tell me your origin story and what key things from your childhood to adulthood that led you to where you're at currently? Oh, that's a very good question. I'm 77, so... uh... I'm going to be brief. (laughs) I really, it's a very interesting way of asking a question too. My, I didn't know my story until in my fifties. How interesting. Um, It was then that I developed uh, severe depression, anxiety, I was migraine headaches for 30 years and I'm a very upbeat person. 
you know, oh, I have a headache, whatever, keep going. You know, I'm, I never saw myself as sick or injured. It was very interesting now that I look back on my life. I never saw myself as injured, even though I had heart disease, um, lung disease from scoliosis, brain traumas, fractured jaws. I still performed. I mean, I developed the first kidney hemodialysis unit and I did many other firsts in my field. But then everything started to crash around 50s. I was married and had three children and life was, was good, but somehow it just crashed upon me. And I sort of then had an awareness of being physically abused. It, I feel like we have a time clock inside of us. And at some point in 10, when you're 20, when you're 50, when you're 20 or 30, it goes off and it's like, hello, now you, you have to do your life. So at least that's my journey. So my alarm clock went off somewhere around the 50s. My, my 50 year old, not the 1950s, my 50 year old person. And so um, I was so depressed that I want to commit suicide, which is really quite um, incongruence with my life because I'm such a spirited person. So I went to therapy and talk therapy and I felt better because I didn't want to commit suicide. But then the very smart doctor asked a question. He said, you're very well um, behaved. You don't have many scars because of the damages that you have incurred. And he said, someone else raised you. And I said, no. I'm from a Polish family. All four of my parents, all, all two of my parents, grandparents came from Poland. So I'm from a Polish Catholic family. They they stick together. We don't venture out. We don't talk to, I mean, we talk to neighbors, but you know, it's kind of close-knit. So I said, nobody raised me. I remember being in Catholic school, but like, you know, nobody else raised me. I was at home with my parents and I, my two brothers and sister. And then he kept on pushing it. He said, someone else raised you. Oh my goodness, asking this certain question. All of a sudden I see this hand coming out of a cloud. And I saw God and I saw heaven. And I went, oh my God, now I remember. I remember dying and going to heaven and coming back. But this was the 19, um, what is it, 80s. You don't tell somebody you had a near-death experience. They put you in a psychiatric ward. No, I'm serious. I'm a nurse. I know that. So I went, oh, my Aunt Gladys raised me. She lived across the street. I saw her every once in a while when I came in from school, and I spent most of my time with her. And I walked out of the office. And it, it was like everything came back from my childhood. It was like incredible, like the time, time block opened. And then I saw myself as a little child, like six or seven. And I saw these beings that have always been with me. I never thought that was different because they always were. So, um, they're the ones that raised me. 
I, I, I guess telepathically. And then the next couple of days, I realized more that I was um, extremely dyslexic. Uh, I remember um, like I would, the, the Catholic school people, they put the book in front of you and you have to read in front of the class. And I had Erin syndrome, which means that, which I didn't know until I wrote my own book, that the words keep moving. So you can't read if the words move. And so I asked the nun, the sister, what, how can I stop the words from moving? They slapped your face because they thought I was joking. And I was like asking a legitimate question because they were moving. So the next day they put me in front of the class to read again. So I turned my book upside down. Thinking that if I turn it upside down, I can read, right? I mean, what else is a six-year-old going to do? And I said, they, the words are still moving. <laughs> they slapped me again. <laughs> so that was my childhood. <laughs> and I remember the, uh, the Catholic teachers talking to my parents, saying that your child, you have, you know, three, ch four children. This one is an idiot. She cannot read, she cannot write, because I was extremely dyslexic. I could write everything backwards. I have some of my old, it's amazing how beautifully backwards I can write. So they said, she's an idiot. We call her stupid and she's unteachable, but we're a Catholic school and we'll put her in the back of the class and we won't teach her because she's unteachable. She's what we call a stupid child. <laughs> But the reason I was so dyslexic and had Erin syndrome because I had all the brain traumas. And then I realized um, I, I was thrown down the steps. I was beaten a lot. Um, I remember seeing visions of my legs bleeding and um, some, some of the things just keep coming back, you know, year and year from now. So, I mean, it wasn't a very abusive childhood that um, my neck was broken and that's when I did die. And I went to heaven and I remember heaven, but I remember the beings that were always with me after that. And it was very interesting after that time, no one ever bothered me again. It was as if they made me invisible. No one abused me anymore. But there's one thing I always wanted to do. I always wanted to tap dance. I was insane about dancing. So finally my parents gave me, um, lessons to tap dance and I tap dance from I don't know grade three or four to high school and I really believe that the tap dancing helped the right and left brain you know um, integrate because the most important uh, part of my life was I got into the U I was accepted into the University of Pennsylvania that's an Ivy League school I go oh my goodness I must be smart <laughs> So uh, then I uh, had I had many spiritual experiences. I remember um, after knowing that I was connected to heaven or God or whatever you want to say, um, I had this experience where light came into me a lot. And then all of a sudden I start typing and writing from spirit. And that's where my spirit words came from. So I and blessed to receive new information.
And that's how people say, how do you know this about shame and guilt? And I go, God gave it to me. I mean, I didn't go to school for that. How can you bring something new if you, you can't go to school for that? And that's why I uh, want to preface why I know things that some people don't know. And I remember a lot of times in my adulthood, I would be at um, a, a function. Everybody was talking about the latest news in the New York Times and this and that. And this person did this. And I said, oh, yeah. And so-and-so did this. And so-and-so did that. And I go, they go, oh, Lois, I didn't know you read the New York Times because I know you don't like politics that much. I said, well, everybody knows that, don't they? So it was just like you have a knowing and it's just, you know, that's who I am. So I'm blessed to have that connection, but I never knew where it came from until I had the realization of what happened to me in my childhood. So um, when I was 50 and remembering everything, I was very crippled. That's a big part of my life because I was crippled with uh, scoliosis and all the shame guilt. And, you know, I was caved in. I had mitral valve prolapse, leaky heart valve, uh, brain traumas, fractured jaw, uh, liver toxicity from all the drugs I took because of the headaches. I mean, if you have migraine headaches, you take some drugs, let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, you do. <laughs> People say <laughs> an aspirin doesn't do it. So, um, I was fortunate to um, meet a chiropractor healer. I had to travel to the West Coast to live there for him. And he was able to adjust my body because uh, it was all scoliosed. It was all melted together. All the bones, you know, from 10 years old being. I have beaten. scoliosis, just so you know. So I'm quite familiar with the disease. And I had a kyphosis on my back about five, six inches like that you know so i mean um everybody that looked at me says lois there's no way anybody can fix you you're just going to die <laughs> it's all that your your body is i was the i was thrown out of yoga class <laughs> wow. they said they said lady uh you really can't do this because i said i gotta learn how they said your body is melted together and it's crooked there's nothing you can do about that and they asked me to leave the yoga class. <laughs> I went, man, that's really depressing, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, I was so blessed to find somebody who was um, way above the average healing doctor. And he was able to um, adjust me. Of course, it took time, but I'm perfectly straight and um, no more brain traumas. It was so bad, the traumas were so bad is that I could not go outside during the daylight. I could only go out at night. That's how severe the brain traumas were. But I never realized it until I, you know, brain traumas are now the news and they said they can't do sunlight and everything. I'm going, yeah, you're right. I could not go out of the house until it was night. I had to do all my shopping and everything at nighttime because I had it severe, severe. I couldn't, I, I did not know why, but after my doctor was able to, I just took, you know, before the podcast, I was so happy because I took a walk outside and I was outside in the sun, the bright sun for two hours. So I've come a long way. Everything's possible if you just keep moving. So 
But now to bring that to today is that the key to my healing was the shame guilt work. And it was amazing how I could heal physically and emotionally when I was able to release it from my body. And that was just organic. I was able to do that. And then people came to me. I was living in Sedona at the time and they said, oh my goodness, Lois, you know, you're looking so good. How'd you do that? And I'm going, I'm talking to myself, like inner personality work. And they said, can we do? And I said, okay. So I had them doing the work that I'm doing. And they also got healthier and younger and happier. And then they sent their mothers and their grandmothers and their kids and their friends to me. And they all had the same result. And then someone says, Lois, you should charge for this. I said, for what? I'm just helping people talk to themselves. And they go, well. <laughs> so that's how I started. <laughs> and how old were you when you started? Uh, it's about 15 years ago. Yeah, that's what I would remember reading that. And I, I was, that's why I asked though, because I was kind of shocked. Most people that 15 years ago at that age would not be thinking about starting a new venture, even if it was to have helping others and be that kind. So good for you. Kudos. So what happened was people, because um, I do interdimensional work, kind of like we talk to ourselves or inner self. And I have a DVD on this. So it shows people how you can talk to your, I got tired of telling therapists about my depression. I decided to talk to my depression. Hi, depression. How are you? Thank you for talking to me. And then they depression start talking to me. And it's a little part inside of me. It's all interpersonal work. And I got to talk to the inner critic and everything. So I'm doing all this work and helping people do all this work and then say, oh, Lois, can you do a lecture on this? I said, sure. So I start talking to many, many people and they said, oh, um, I don't understand what you're doing. I says, what do you mean you don't understand? I said, this, this, I, that's what the moment that I realized that people don't see what I see. I did not know I see things that people don't see. So I said, oh, I guess I better make a film so I can show people what I see. <laughs> so off I went to film school. Cool. To make a film so people could see what I see. And that's the DVD on my website. Uh, it's called Out of Discord into Harmony. And it's you can just go on YouTube and get it. It's on my YouTube channel and it's on my website, Out of Discord into Harmony. And I have little kid actors doing all the emotions and it's really a fun and adults as well as children enjoy it. So you can have your kids watching it. It's a fun DVD. So I did that because people didn't see what I see. And I did not know that. I had no concept that I, but I had that all my life since I was a kid, but I thought it was natural. So here I am. So <laughs> I realized that shame guilt was the main cause of everything. Uh, and I was so happy that day when I figured that out because I didn't have to go to therapy for depression. I didn't have to look at anxiety. I didn't have to look at suicide. I didn't have to look at any of this self-esteem. I just had to focus on shame and guilt. 
I was like so happy. Like finally, I didn't have to be hurt anymore because I'm very, very sensitive and people throw things at you and I'd start crying all the time. And it was like, everybody said, oh, you're too sensitive. And I'd like cry. Now I said, oh, thank you so much for the compliment. I'll live longer <laughs> because I don't have the shame guilt about it. So can I tell you now about the shame guilt, why it's different well, than I've got, what's out I've, there? I've got questions about that. Okay, certainly... well then give me your question. <laughs> <laughs> first off we're going to finish going back over the origin before we go to the next question You're, okay tell me you, listeners she's excited she wants to share which is i want good. to share yes i yeah. took lots of notes i grew up in a um german catholic family um so i can understand what you're talking about I have had scoliosis since I was little. I'm 53 now. I just came from a treatment for it. So I understand exactly the suffering and pain because people don't realize there's different levels of scoliosis too. You can have different curvatures. You can have different issues with it. And it does affect your state of mind. It affects your overall health, right? So I've been suffering with that my whole life. You can see it in my family, to my dad, to different generations back, right? Because it is, it, oh, is, yeah. uh, it is generational. generational. People mm -hmm. don't realize that, right? I talk about that in my book too. But uh, so I can relate to a lot what you're talking about. One of the things though, you said beings raise me. The thing that popped into my head when you said that is, was the word angels, right? I, I, I don't know. Beings, you can call it whatever. A, you yeah. know, I believe it's, in angels though. I believe in, I believe in the, the fact that we are guided if we're open-minded enough to, to hear and see it. So it took you till your fifties, whatever the case or prior or later than that, you've had a lot of epiphanies throughout your life. Um, the biggest thing though, is that you never gave up. You had moments in your life where you felt like you were giving up, but God didn't give up on you. And that impresses me. And then and you were open enough to accept it. Right. Exactly. Um, somehow people said, where's your x-rays? I said, I never got one. I, I, I never thought I was sick. It's very interesting. And it wasn't this positive thinking kind of stuff. You know, I'm talking 70, 60 years ago, nobody was doing the positive. I just never saw myself as sick. Even though I was dying, I'm going, I'm not sick. I'm, I just have a couple bones out. <laughs> I, 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 it's interesting because I, I'm mesmerized by that myself. Cause it wasn't like I'm safe talking into mirror. I'm happy. I'm loving. I'm good. I never did that. I just intrinsically knew that I'm okay. I just have some bones and broken things here and there, but I'm okay. And I still can't believe that, but it's true. I because I never saw myself as sick. I just said, well, who's the next person that I can see to help me? That's where I was. When they said, no, I can't help you. Just take more of these narcotics. I said, well, then who else can I help? Who else can help me? So obviously you, did, you didn't get that from your parents because, and you talked about being abused and beaten as a child. So you know, it just tells me, though, more to the fact of what you were saying, beings raise me. God, in my mind, sent whatever you want to call them, I call them angels, down to give you that resilience. Even though you physically were broken, had you were a migraine sufferer, you had all these different challenges that were going on, as well as being dyslexic. 
you never gave up. So that's a testimony to you as a person that should be doing what they're doing, even at 77, right? Until your last breath, if you can save one other person and give them courage to see that's I'm a prayer. And a lot of people don't, they pray or they don't believe in prayer, or they'll get an answer and they ignore it. And it is God talking to you or or you'll bring somebody will come into their life when they're praying for help. And that person comes in their life to give them a solution and they discount it. Because they're, they're not open to the fact that God acts in mysterious ways. God yeah. approaches us in different ways through people, through whatever. It can be anything that happens. We have to be open and receptive to it, wouldn't you agree? Yes. And uh, the person that helped me, the doctor, um, you know, I lived in the East Coast and he was in the West yeah. Coast. So I had to, yeah. you know, get there. Um, I saw him in my dream. Wow. Before I, when I, when I saw him and then I had dreams and then I went back to East coast, he kept on being in my dream. Like God was telling me to go back there and he's the one to help me. He was in my dream. God was showing me he's the one to help me. That's awesome. So, um, someone asked me on the podcast at the end, they always ask, what is your, um, message of your life you know what what keeps you going what you know what is your thoughts on your own life and I said to serve God so that's all that I do is serve God and I'm so grateful for having a life to serve and to be given the opportunity my job is to bring the information that God has given me to help humanity stop suffering by getting rid of the shame guilt energy that we all carry. That's my job. And so I'm so grateful that God kept me alive and healthy and energetic to do the message that I'm doing. So I'm just every day I get up and I said, thank you, God, what do you want me to do today? I have gratitude every day, every moment that I when I wake up even this morning, because what people don't realize is if you can um, it takes time for some people it's uncomfortable but you force gratitude into your mindset when you wake up and and thank god for being alive or if you're an atheist thank the universe whatever you want to do thank yeah, whatever you want to do you know, yeah. whatever you want to do do something and because you know worry and gratitude can't exist in the same space and the listeners for those of you that are new those that aren't new you know i talk about it all the time you learn to have gratitude you will drive worry out of your life it doesn't mean it won't happen the odd time because we're not perfect. We're creatures of God that make mistakes. We're not perfect. So bottom line, you just need to learn whatever it takes to put yourself and correct your own course. And if you correct your own course, it's because God wants you to, but you have to listen for it. You have to want it. And one of the biggest things is what you said, having gratitude. Right. Yeah. What do you want me to do today? What's today for God? What am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. I, I keep it simple. I, I just say, thanks God for allowing me to be alive today to give me another shot to be the best version of myself so I can serve others. Right. Exactly. And that's all, I, 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 that's that's all there is. There ain't right. no more. <laughs> right. And um, I have been to um, at this point now, people can't believe how much I've changed physically because my body is straight. I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I've changed. Yeah, see, I've, and- I've had the x-rays. See, from, from my body, I'd have to have severe surgery. That's No, no, no. 
well, we can talk about that later time. Yeah. You know, yeah, but um, on a personal level, but um, um, it was all healed organically by adjusting by the by the a good uh, person that's very well tuned in. So um, anyway, uh, I was almost walking 45 degrees and I'm perfectly straight now. So no, it is I'm possible. I am perfectly straight too, but scoliosis. Anyway, we'll have another conversation. We'll have another that personal that talk I've, on I've that been one. researching it for 35 years now. I've had scoliosis since yeah. I was a teenager, right? So anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll agree we'll, to disagree we'll agree. on specifics. How's that? Okay. So there's a new definition of shame guilt, according to yourself. Can you please explain what the old thought process was before in regards to shame and guilt? And enlighten the listeners, as I too want to know what the new definition is. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. God thanks. God thanks you too. <laughs> okay, we all know that culture and therapists tell us that shame is feeling unworthy or not good enough, and guilt is I did something wrong, I should be punished. Now that is okay. You know, that is, that's true. There, I, I agree, but it doesn't help you to heal. It doesn't take you anywhere. It says my finger hurts because it's bleeding because I cut it. That's it. And we don't go any further. So I'm like, well, they ain't going to help anybody. Okay. So shame, guilt, and I say shame, guilt, because it's very important to put the two together because otherwise it splits you up and you're going, shame is bad, guilt is good. They, oh, we need more guilt because we need to be more. I said, hello, can we just elevate our lives and say, I'm on this podcast because I really want to serve God. I really want to do a good thing. And if I don't go, I will feel guilty. Well, if I didn't go, it wouldn't mean that it isn't right. So we got to act from a higher purpose than guilt because guilt doesn't serve us. But anyway, um, shame is in the unconscious mind, and everyone knows that. Guilt is in the conscious mind, but it's the same energy. Now, why is that? Uh, being in the medical field forever, I can tell you why. If you have a bacteria in your brain, they call it meningitis, okay? If you have the same bacteria in your lungs, they call it pneumonia. If you have the same bacteria in your gallbladder, they call it cholecystitis. If you have the same bacteria in your colon, they call it colitis. Do you see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's highly simplified, but it shows you how we think as a culture. It's about the location, not the root of the problem. Also, you can bill for it. You got to have different diseases in order to bill for it. If you just had um, um, uh, some kind of virus, uh, the flu virus or something, you couldn't you couldn't um, bill for it in different ways, like flu of the brain or flu of the of the colon, flu of the, the, the pneumonia in the lungs, because it settles in the organ that's the most vulnerable. So it's a matter of billing insurances. That's why it's so um, isolated. But it's the same bacteria, okay? 
that's how we got shame guilt different because it's in different locations of our body, but it's the same energy. Now that is a big deal because people operate on shame. Oh, we got to talk about good. You can't do that. You have to put them together and you can never, ever, ever get rid of guilt. People say, oh, I can get rid of guilt. I said, you're right. You will never, ever, ever get rid of guilt and you will feel more guilty because you can't get rid of it. Right. Oh, I took the $4,000 course and I still can't get rid of guilt. I must really be bad. Right. I mean, it's true. I get all kinds of stories. You will never get rid of guilt until you get rid of the shame that's fueling the guilt. Hello. Yeah, that's why you can't get rid of the guilt. Now, why do I say shame, guilt, energy? We all know love energy. And what does love do? Oh, we feel good. We feel happy. We have joy. We have happiness. We have self-esteem. What else do we have? Uh, all kinds of good stuff. Well, a lot of emotions. A lot of emotions come from love. Happiness, confidence. Right? There's a lot of mm -hmm. um, emotions that come off the love. You know, we start out with love. And love brings us these positive emotions. Compassion and joy. And all these lovely things that we feel good about. Now, on the other side, we have negative energy. And that negative energy is shame, guilt, energy. It's a negative, distorted energy that's outside of us. It doesn't belong to humanity. Now, what happens to your computer when... A virus attacks it. It can shut down. It can, lots of different things can happen. It's crazy making, isn't it? And it makes no sense. I mean, like, and everybody's computer is different. Microsoft Word works or it doesn't work. And you, you type the C tab and the, and the O comes up. I mean, it's crazy making, right? Okay. We are a computer. You know, we are crystalline. The human is a crystalline structure. So what happens when the negative energy of shame, guilt enters us? It goes goofy. It changes the mental, the emotional, the physical and the spiritual bodies. Because we all have, you know, the meridian lines. You're kind of well versed in that, too. You know, we, you understand that there's energy circuits within us. And that's who we are. You know, you can lie into a computer in a way, but we are energy. We are, you hear of energy workers and healers and oh, things yeah. of that nature. So we are energy. So when a negative energy goes into a positive energy, it distorts it, right? It just does. So what does that mean? That means that the negative energy turns our positive emotions to negative ones. We, each emotion has a positive and negative um, uh, uh, component. It's called the yin-yang kind of thing. And I'm not the only one that said that. Debbie Ford said that many, many years ago. 
But anyway, it turns our compassion into depression and turns our intuition into anxiety, turns our passion into anger. That's it. It, it, it just changes this, the system because it, it impacted it. It distorts it. It's an energy that comes into us and it turns our positive emotion, not all of them, the ones that are vulnerable to, to negativity. Did you ever feel, well, of course you felt the shame, guilt, you feel guilty. And how do you feel? Oh, you're exhausted, right? Because the shame, guilt energy is feeding off of your negative system. It's almost like a parasite. It, it takes it away. Your energy takes it away. Also, your vibration level goes down. You know that shame is the lowest vibration that a human can withstand. Uh, Steve, uh, Dr. Hawkins was the one that I can put the, give this to you. It has a, um, the vibrational chart, joy and happiness and love are like, you know, 200,000. And then shame is like 50. Wow. So, so you're in shame. I don't care how happy you are. It brings you right down. I mean, it's scientifically proven. This is not like, um, you know, something out of the clouds, but you feel it. Only I'm confirming that no matter how you stay positive, you still have the shame, guilt, it's going to pull you down. So you're always fighting. Do you see what I'm saying? You're always fighting yourself because I've got to be positive. I've got to be positive. And shame's there and it's going, you, you. And you feel like I give up. <laughs> I keep being positive. So I'm for. Can we get rid of the shame, guilt, energy instead of trying to be positive all the time? Because it's a lot easier. Well, being positive all the time is draining in itself. I know it's a fight. You got to fight. You're, well, you're living a facade. If it's not natural, you're you're fighting to be a certain way, which isn't natural. And as you're saying, the shame, guilt well, still anchoring and pulling you back. Exactly. So I'm like, can we get away? So I'm taking the excuse me. I'm taking the opposite approach that people will say, be happy, be well, you know, live in love. And, and I'm going, yeah, please do. But you, let's get rid of the nasty shame guilt so we can do this easier. And it's no, and it's more fun and life is better. It's like, can I, I'm start, I'm really tired of fighting up the hill. <laughs> now, what does shame guilt do to our mental body, our mind? Well, it does the same thing. It short circuits the neurons. You get confused. If you're in confusion, you're in shame guilt. It confuses you because it distorts your energy. And we make bad it, decisions too in that state. Exactly. Like suicide. That's a bad decision. Yeah. yeah. But you got so much shame guilt that that's the only thing you can think about because you've got shame guilt. That's all you can see is shame guilt and it's distorted and you're confused and you make wrong decisions and you'll, you know, the, the addicted person will go more into addiction and you make bad decisions. Why? Because your brain's not operating right because shame guilt distorted it because your computer is goofy. And then what does it do to your physical body? Well, it affects the meridians in your body. It's the first level 
to disease because you don't get the right, um, we call it, signals to your organs to perform properly because we're nerves. Okay, you know, there's many other factors, nutrition and good living, et cetera, but it's, it still, you know, affects the neurological system. And spiritually, it, let's say God has a um, walkie-talkie and you have a walkie-talkie and the shame guilt is like, it makes um, stress on the line. So you can't talk to God as well. Static, yeah. Static, thank you for that word. It no makes problem. static on the line. Shame, guilt makes static, right. Now I've worked, I lived in Sedona for 10 years. So I worked with um, various uh, um, psychic channelers, you know, that channeled and did very beautiful work. But once we did the shame, guilt work release, they had a brilliant, clearer channel to God and their, their, their um, channeling. So it affects all of us. So when people say, oh, it's healthy shame, I'm going, there's no healthy poison. Never, yeah. It doesn't exist. It's a shame, guilt, poison energy that's negative put upon humanity. Now that's a whole nother story. You know, that could take an hour or two. But, but, but don't you don't you feel that people come up with their own explanations of things they don't understand because it, they feel that it's temporary peace for them instead of having to fight their inner thoughts, their inner demons. Oh, so they make up their own definitions or they seek out answers from people that aren't experts to get, just like I, I've always told my kids, you know, a friend is going to, a friend will tell you something you want to hear. Your dad's going to tell you what you need to hear, right? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, obviously it's still my version of the truth but i'm going to try to give it to you and serve it up in a way that you can you know take the information and accept it but you know i just from listening to you in this conversation so many people are living in denial that, that of course old they river. are but of course they that's are majority of the society though of course well right? I'm, it's, making, it's, it's, I'm, making it's, it's, I'm making an inroad i'm making an inroad and so am i that's why you're on my show yeah, I want to help people. If you look at all my episodes, most of them are about helping people. It's exactly. About give, it's about giving a heck. That's exactly why it's called. So I, I, appreciate, I give I a heck and I you give a heck. And, yeah. and that's why we're, we met because yeah. we both give a heck. And is everybody going to come? Though. It was destined though. God's, God's doing this, not me. I mean, I've been on 70 podcasts in six months. Isn't that incredible? In 10 wow. countries. 10 wow. countries. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. God's doing this. They said, who was your booking agent? I said, God. <laughs> hey, I mean, I mean, seriously, I'm not, you know, anyway. So I get calls from people and they say, if someone or therapist gives me a piece of paper and tells me to manage depression, and these are the 10 ways to manage it, I'm going to kick them away in the shins, because I want to get rid of it. I don't want to manage my depression. And I said, you came to the right, that's my job. If I get, if I can help you get rid of the shame, guilt, that's fueling the depression, you'll be home free. Okay, you will never, I don't know if you'll ever get rid of every negative thing, but you'll be much less, much less, much less. We keep, keep, you know, getting less and less and less. It's a full-time job, but isn't wellness a full-time job? 
And um, this is self-help, okay? I'm just telling people how they can heal themselves, self-healing. I'm saying that therapists, they have a place, but they're never going to bring you home because they don't do shame, guilt work because they don't understand it. Well, so really, I, and this isn't disrespect to therapists because I do have therapists that listen to my show and I've had therapists on. They're trained a specific way, just like a mechanic is trained a specific way to exactly. fix the and, and they're not taught to be critical thinkers, to think outside the box and be, box and be knowledge leaders right? To be knowledge, people that want to learn more knowledge, understand that maybe their thought process is flawed. So again, it's not just therapists, it's people in society in general, they get stuck in a pattern of behavior, teaching the same things, even when there's been evolution and society has found scientific proof of different thoughts and different ways of fixing things, whether again, it's a motor or it's a person, and they still train on the same things because they don't want to have to admit to say to people, when they change their thought process, I get it all the time. Well, you used to believe that. Yes, you're correct. And it's how I deliver back and how I can help change their thought process because mine changed. You're right. I did used to teach that, but now I've found out a different way. So it's my responsibility to ensure that the new knowledge as a thought leader comes out in his presence. Cause I want to be a knowledge leader. I don't want to be somebody that's stuck in a rut. And unfortunately our society gets stuck in that rut for so long that they just can't seem to climb out and they don't want to have people, you know, point at them and say, well, you used to do this or they, they can't handle criticism. That's another thing it, that school doesn't shame teach guilt. people. Yes. It's shame guilt. Yeah. The, the reason that people can't change their beliefs is because of shame guilt, because they can't admit or have a hard time admitting that they might have been wrong. Exactly. So the only way to handle it is like you said, uh, you're correct. I used to believe that, but now I grew into more knowledge and I'm so excited to give this out now. We but are it's the, energy, on- it's the energy you give though, when you're, when you're saying it, it's how yeah. are you presenting? It's not what you say and it's how you say it. I've been believed that my whole life and I teach on that, right? If you, if you, if you get disgusted by somebody challenging you, and then you go to explain the right way that things have changed, if you're disgusted or your body language, your tonality, your mannerisms are wrong, you're, you're talking to deaf ears. Because you're given shame, guilt. Right back. Exactly. And people can feel that, but they don't identify it. So, um, I love that's why (laughs) this is awesome. Yeah, it's I knew you would. It's you're eating it up because it's truth. When I tell people this truth, it goes, I've had people host have healings just by like, oh my God, I can feel that. I'll never forget. It wasn't a podcast, it was something else that someone was talking to me about buying a course or something. And the guy had a healing. It was just the most beautiful thing. But when your soul heals excuse me, when your soul hears the truth, you change, you just change because that's the truth. Shame, guilt is an energy put upon humanity to make us victims. And I can help people to work with that. But first I had to introduce that shame, guilt does not belong to us. Everybody says it's normal. I say it's common. 
we were not made as human beings of light to have shame guilt. It is not of humanity. I agree. One of the things though, because you, the nice thing about our conversation, and this is the best type of podcast listeners is when the questions are answered before I even ask them because the conversation flow is so great. So I want to, I just want to skip forward here and ask you some of the things that I read on your site and I was reading about you. Um, and it's, it's a little bit off of shame, guilt, we can get back to shame, guilt, but I want to, Lois, who influenced you at the age of 12 to decide you wanted to be a nurse's aide? That just struck me. It really did. I know it may sound, sound weird, but I want to know what epiphany. Did I don't you know. Have? I don't know. Well, that's I, a good I, answer. I, At least you're honest, right? I, I just wanted to be an, I think, you know, cause I try to figure that out, you know. I, I think somewhere in my head, I've always wanted to be a missionary. Maybe I got that from like Catholic school, you know, been, I, yeah. you know, I don't know. I always wanted to be a missionary. Now, what is a missionary to me feeling? I always wanted to help or give something to somebody. That's all. Now, missionary is different. Definite. We're talking about an eight-year-old or 10-year-old. Okay. And that's all I can remember in my life that I wanted to be a missionary. A missionary was somebody that went out to help people. I, I, I saw I can probably with a Catholic flair or something, but I don't. That's all I can remember. And um, my my older sister, I don't even know. I don't know how I got did that. I, I maybe I just bugged my mother to be to go to the hospital and help people. I think that's what I wanted I just, to do. I just think it's amazing, right? Because you put that. And I your... did. I was a nurse. I was a, they called it a pinky at a that pinky. time. Yeah, I didn't say that because people like we're talking 60 years ago, like Lois, we don't even know what you're talking about. So I call it nurse's aid. But you're really they were and I have a picture of me in a pink outfit I could show you. I finally found it and a little pink hat. We're called pinkies. And I've been in the health field since then. I've always just wanted to serve. be in the and just I guess that's it to serve. It, it it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah, you just I just wanted to serve. You love people and want to serve because you know that's oh. another thing I put in here, right? Shame guilt is driven by the lack of love for ourselves, right? So what is the process you teach? So those suffering can learn to love oneself to finally release that crippling burden and avoid shame, guilt behaviors in the future. So what is some of the process? Obviously it's de way too detailed to go through it all, but how do you teach? Oh, people? I can, I can, I can do something in five minutes that they can have a take home. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Let's go. Now it's not going to heal everything in your life, but Hey, I can help you to get on the road. Like you're going down highway 18. I said, no, let's go down 45. So I'm putting you on a new road. Okay. Cool. I love it. And that it analogy. works. And it works. Yeah. All right. And you can always email me when you're on the road. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll make yeah. sure all that's in the show notes at yeah. the end. So. But I, I wanted to let people know I'm available because this is of my course. passion, of, my of life. Of course. You're welcome okay. to do that. Yeah. So you're feeling, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm terrible at this. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Okay. Identify. First step. Identify. Oh, that's shame, guilt. That's not of me. 
Okay, identify first step. You put it on the side. Okay, is it going to go away? No, but your mind, at least you're saying yourself, take it away because you don't want to go down the, the black hill of depression, right? That's the black thing where people just give up. You want to put it sideways. You don't want to go down the hole. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, we're putting it to the side. The black stealth <sighs> doesn't belong to me. It does not belong to me. Shame, guilt needs me. I don't need it. I don't need it, it, I don't need it. Okay, so what am I feeling? Oh, I just feel, I feel really depressed today. Okay, get out the pencil and the paper. Hi, depression. Thank you so much for coming to see me. What do you want to tell me? So we're concentrating on depression. That's okay. We don't talk to shame guilt because it doesn't, it, it's not of me. It's a po poison, toxic, negative, parasitic energy. It doesn't belong to me. Hi, depression. How are you? Or you, I don't give a heck today. <laughs> Hi, I don't give a heck today. What do you have to tell me? Thank you for coming to see me. And I have a DVD on my YouTube channel and it's on YouTube, you know, the whole YouTube place, Out of Discord into Harmony. It teaches you how to talk to your emotions. Okay. Now, why is that important? That's important because our emotions are the key to our life. Emotions are a life force. We would die if we don't have emotions because they are a life energy. That's why people get dementia because they lose their life force energy from their emotions. They don't talk to their emotions. They don't feel their emotions. They put them in denial. Okay, it's nutritional too, but you know, right now we're concentrating on the emotions. Isn't that interesting? Absolutely it is. That's that, very interesting. Because I know quite a people that with that have passed away from dementia. I currently I know people that have dementia and I think about it popped into my head. What is their emotional state? And they're it, in it, denial. Absolutely. They're in denial. They they're they were very restrictive as as children, as parents, as grandparents, and seniors. And right. they, they lost their spark. Big, the spark is the emotions. Yes. And I remember one motion came to me, and her name was Lois Ian, and she talked like this, and uh she said, I have one. She said, are you the one to love me? I have one last breath. Oh, wow. <laughs> I cried. I have I one last you. breath. And that makes sense. I'm 55 and all this abuse I've carried for 50 years. How long can the emotions handle all that? Well, we start to I, decay inside. Right? Of we course, and, we literally, and that's, we literally that, and that's how you get illness. That's illness. Because, because now, our, our force field is down, which is oh, our emotional stability is gone. Oh, you're yeah. so smart. You're so smart. You get it. Um, so when the emotion heals, okay, my lowest end was a 10-year-old, okay? Now, when she heals, I don't make her heal. She heals herself. Okay, it's narcissistic. You know, you can't do this in two seconds. You say, oh, yeah, talk about that. No, it, it, it takes a journey. 
you know, a week or two weeks, you know, you got to make friends with your emotions. Anyway, when they heal, I get the 10 year old energy into me. You get younger. You get you more get, vitality. You get, you get that spark of your light back in your eyes. I can see it in people, your eyes. People say, oh, you act like a kid. I go, oh, thank you so much for the compliment. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, I can see the spark in your eyes. I can see, I can see it in your smile though. You're, Cause I study body language. I love watching people. Right. You can tell so, so much about a person from their face. Yeah, thank you. But that's the emotions are alive. So yeah, that's good. Uh, the, and they're the ones that carry the shame, guilt energy. So we work with them to get rid of it. Now, the great thing is that we all have like a shame, guilt scar. Meaning that somewhere when you're two year old or three year olds or four year old or one year old, someone took your lollipop away or you didn't get your best suit or you someone took your toy red truck away. Who knows? You know, we get shame guilt from somebody right yeah. now. That's a two year old. Then about six years old, you go to school and you can't read like everybody else and nobody likes your shoes and you get shamed. And then you're 10 years old and you don't make the soccer game and they're, you know, you're shamed again. Then you try to date somebody and the girl doesn't like, I mean, you know, it goes on and on and on. So if you can identify that first scar of shame, guilt, energy, all of them just fall down. It's like a house of cards. Isn't that cool? It is. Yeah. So it doesn't take forever to do this work. That's just so to me, that's like the most coolest thing ever. Well, it's it, yeah. Identifying it, accepting it, processing. Well, not it. accepting it, processing and working with it and healing it. And then then I teach people how to release it. Like when you see it, you release shame guilt has one defect. It dissolves in detection. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. why they kept it a secret all these years. <laughs> That's what I meant. That's what I meant though by acceptance. So if they don't accept the fact that there's they have challenges, how are they ever going to deal with it? Right. I'm not so saying they should accept it and own it. I'm saying they, oh, they yeah. accept that they have a challenge and then confront right. it, deal with it. Right. So so it dissolves in detection. Yeah. And then I teach how to avoid it. Like you have, you have to know your enemy. As Sansun said, know thy enemy. So I teach about what is shame guilt? How does it, how does it um, affect you? I have a, a ebook, 500 questions, one answer on my um, website. And it's on an autoresponder. So you get five, 25 questions for 20 weeks. And it shows you 500 ways shame, guilt behaviors are existing in our lives. So that teaches you what is shame, guilt behavior, because we don't even know. We use it every day. So identify, release, and avoid. So people can take that home right now. They can do that. Are they going to get rid of everything? No, but it's put you on a different road of I'm not good enough. And we don't want anybody going down the black spiral of not good enough. No, of course not. It's uh, yeah. Wow. This is, uh, we've already been chatting for an hour and this is just amazing. Um, I have a few other things. 
we're going to have to eventually have another another oh, we uh, can another, do another one another, yes yeah. we'll have to do uh, another one but for now i have a couple more things that i want to ask you um just simple little things that just intrigued me when i was researching you last night and i was actually looking forward to the day um so you basically pioneered shame and guilt together as a new field of study do you still face a lot of critics due to the topic becoming more mainstream and in you identifying it a different way um in the beginning before the covid virus people wouldn't even let me talk about shame Oh, we don't talk about that. Nobody exit. Nobody, nobody talks about that. We don't even have it. So why would you do a stupid thing like that? I mean, I'm serious. I mean, like I said, okay, I, God, believe you. I don't know what to do, but they said, and then I, a couple of people or my friends who are marketers, they said, Lois, you have to realize you'll never get anywhere. If you keep calling yourself a shame guilt educator, because you can call yourself a happiness coach, a joy coach, a loving coach, but not a same guilt. Yeah, they want you to sugarcoat it. And I said, <laughs> no, because I, you, it's not my truth. You got to get rid of shame and guilt. Then you can be happy. You can't just be happy. Hello. You know, if you drink a couple of bottles of beer or something, you'll be happy. But they temporarily. Yeah. Temporarily. But I said, I can't do that. They said, well, we can't have you speaking about shame and guilt. And I went, okay, whatever. But I'm not changing my title and then since the virus thing came up people were alone and they're like oh i think i may have an emotional situation here anyway so i get more and more response but um a couple of therapists wanted to learn how to do this because their patients who they've had for five or ten years don't need them anymore because i spent an hour with them and they said we don't want to learn that because then there goes our livelihood <laughs> I healed wrong them too quickly. Wrong, wrong way to look at it, though, because volume, I, you could deal with more people. And hey, help I work people. for God. I don't work for the IRS, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You no know, doubt. I'm working for God. I ain't working for the money, you know? I mean, I'm well prepared, taken care of. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I get some people that are like totally healed or like so awestruck. And some of them are on like, I, I don't understand why you could say that because that's just not in the books. And I'm going, <clears throat> you're right. It's not in the books, but why have we struggled since Adam and Eve? Cause you don't know the truth. Well, and books are, books are created by humankind <laughs> and it's opinion based. A lot of it, right. Some of it's yeah. scientific, but even science has been proven wrong. You can see pictures and what pops into my mindset as I look at the pictures from the 40s and 50s where they said doctor approved and they're they're branding cigarettes for pregnant women. Science, science commits to this. Are you kidding yeah. me? You know what I mean? Yeah. So even scientists that are listening or anybody, you know, it's therapists, everybody, all Lois and I are saying is that be open minded. We're not saying quit what you're doing. Just look at it differently and present it differently. You'll help more people. Maybe you'll even help yourself some. Well, nothing else has worked since Adam and Eve. So why don't you give it a try? What do you got to lose? Nothing. Talk to yourself. What is Absolutely. wrong with that? I mean, and, and interpersonality things is a big thing now. Everybody's teaching that. So I'm not going out of the box. <clears throat> I'm just adding shame guilt to it. And 100% of the people change. That's 100%. awesome. 
100%. I, I, I look forward to learning more. But one of the things I want to ask too, though, you're the author of three books, right? Your latest book, Now is the Time, which contains light language readings direct from your soul, which expand our spiritual development. What exactly is light language readings and how does it expand our spiritual development? Not all, most, I'd say all books that we read go to our mind, right? You start reading a book and you're like, oh, I wonder how they did that and this and that. Light language goes to the heart and soul. Now, what is that? I don't know. <clears throat> when I lived in Sedona, my first move there, I woke up in the middle of the night and these words are in my head and I'm going, oh, I want to sleep, I want to sleep. And these words, I'm going, okay, okay. I went down, excuse me, went downstairs and start writing the words that I heard in my head. And one word would not, the next word would not come unless I wrote the first one down. It was that specific. And I work, I, I wrote for six months and I have like a thousand pages. And I continue to write today. Um, and it's just words from the light language dimension that help us be in self-love and help stop the shame guilt because we're more in the love presence. And it gets us out of the mind deterioration of the shame guilt. It brings us the love. And how does it do it? It isn't like step one, step two, step three. It's the way the words are worded and the language. It's just beautiful. I read it all the time and I cry. It's just so beautiful. And then someone calls me. I used to have meetings in Sedona. Every Sunday we read the language that I wrote. And then somebody calls me like two weeks later and they said, hi. I said, how are you doing? Okay. They said, you know, I attended your meetings every week and I don't have depression anymore. I said, oh, that's wonderful. He said, no, you understand, I healed. And I said, oh, it's probably Sedona because the energy there is healing. And he says, I don't think so, but I just wanna let you know I had a healing and it's, I feel wonderful and I will always have your writings. So when I moved back East, I start distributing my writings again. And someone called me again and said, they don't have PTSD anymore. And I said, wow. oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I can't say Sedona again. <laughs> so it, it, I'm not saying that you're going to be healed by reading it. I'm just saying that it, it makes your heart and your soul more um, rich and it gives it food. We don't get food from reading a straight book. No, we don't. And our and brains can, are, as you said, we're a giant computer right? And we don't constantly feed our brain becomes stagnant and we get on now, that hamster wheel of life. We get stuck. Now people say, oh, meditate and all that. Well, you know, that's all good, but you can't stay in that state by being meditating and throwing your emotions away. Read the words because it just gives you that feel. We can all read and reading the words makes an energy around you of love and goodness I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's just, it's just beautiful language that um, it's in English, but it's written in a way that makes your heart and soul sing. Wow. So that's what your light language readings are. It's something that you designed, I'm God's, created. 
I'm God's secretary. That's all. Yeah. They talk and yeah. I write. That's it. I'm God's secretary. That's and, it. And and really, when you think about it, they talk about the fact that there's really new, no new knowledge out there. People just twist it to present it a different way. And a lot of it comes from God anyway, from the Bible. You look at all the famous yeah. uh, speakers out there like Tony Robbins and all these people that speak really at the end of the day. They're just recycling. Recycling it and presenting it in a different way. And then people that don't believe in God will believe Tony, which is great. At least God's getting to them some way or another. But yours sounds like it's, you know, obviously I'm going to have to put more work and research into it, but it sounds like yours is God's way of saying, yes, there's still more truth that I haven't shared. That exactly. Needs shared, that needs to be presented. This is all new. This is yes. all new. Yeah. This so is it's amazing. And I am a trailblazer all my life. I've always been the first of this, the first of that, um, the first of that. I had an astrology reading one time and they said, well, it doesn't really matter what you do, but you got to be your own boss. <laughs> and I went, I guess so. <laughs> but I'm really God's secretary. That's it. God talks and I write. And I don't go into any uh, meditation or I just write. I can't, and I have I can't. to do on a computer because it comes in so fast. I can't write it. It's just that fast. Start using dictation. Start using a dictation on your computer, or you can dictate. No, it feels better just to feel it and write it. I don't hear it. I feel it. I don't oh, know. Okay. It, it, I don't hear. I. It's not like schizophrenia. You know, it's I. I feel the words. I, it's hard to explain. Well, if you, sometimes pen to paper or typing on a keyboard is more cathartic anyway for our minds to apply the knowledge yeah. that we're being that we want to apply. But it, it just sounds like you have so much. That's why, you know, I don't use it myself. Even when I wrote my book, you can click dictate on Word, for an example, Microsoft Word, and you can actually talk everything out. Yeah. But you're, you're sometimes it's more cathartic and more workable cool. to talk. Yeah, because I. I used to write it out, but it it came, it was slower then. But now it's so fast, I have to type it. It's just so fast. It's like lightning. That's, that's I type awesome. like 120 words a minute. Wow. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, that's but I awesome. do it. And uh, that's, that's amazing. I so appreciate this conversation. So, Lois, if you had to give our listeners one last closing message, what would you tell them in regards to giving a heck and never giving up? Never give, you can, you have the ability now never to give up because the heck with shame guilt. <laughs> That's true. Now so I true. know, yeah. I, I don't that. give a, I don't give a heck about shame guilt. Therefore, I never give up. Uh -huh. right. I know you now. It fits, it in, fits it in the theme with, with my give a heck. This is, yeah, I love that. The heck with shame, guilt. And, and, and I write, you know, with this, I'm going to, listeners probably don't know this. This is going to be the first per time I've ever said this. When I go to send this to my production company, the editor, I have to come up with a title. And I look through all the notes that I write. And sometimes I struggle trying to find that perfect title. And this time, I'm proud to say that I've got so much content and notes. I don't think I'm going to have a hard time 
labeling what this podcast is because if you don't have a good title even your even your your you know loyal listeners. listeners won't always listen to it but if they're right i've had people literally reach out to me saying i wasn't going to listen you know i thought ah you know this last week or the week before it didn't kind of it didn't resonate with me but i listened to this one because of the way you worded it and you know it just so it, we got to have that tag or that uh, what are they what's the word i'm looking for um oh i pitch. can't think of the, the pitch. Well, not, not even just a pitch you're um anyway i can't think of the word where you basically have that catch-all or that the, the idea of putting a worm on a hook where so the worm will the fish will come to the hook you use a worm right so you got to have the right the right thing bait, to actually bait, attract the right thing yes so i appreciate the heck it with shame guilt exactly exactly i wrote that down that i've got about four of them here i've starred that i'm going to end up having to decide which one i'm going to use oh, but the best on. thing is now i have a facebook page and we're called the shame guilt stoppers so people awesome. can join that and we they can learn what i you know elaborate on what i've done you know here today awesome. identify so recall ourselves the shame guilt stoppers and it just started in the last couple of weeks so we only talk about shame guilt so don't be upset you know you don't be embarrassed because that's all we talk about well the people well, the people that come there are part of your people that want to be part of the tribe though so they shouldn't be offended right the, the yeah, title well, of the group is pretty well then you know what they're yeah. meant to drop off not everybody's yeah, destined to be beside you the rest of your life or even immediately in your life new people sometimes are meant to wave at you as the car drives by and they and you never see them again yeah that's right. true but they're meant but to they, i put something in their head <laughs> hopefully yes hopefully so well, our time is almost up and I want to respect our listeners and your time. However, before we end, can you please tell the listeners what's the best way to reach you? My website, okay. Lois Hollis, L-O-I-S-H-O-L-L-I-S.com. Load it with information and please look at the podcast because it's a teaching all on its own and each one is individual. So and how long have you been it. podcasting for? Six months, that's all. Yeah, Six months. I started in I November. Yeah. So it's like, you know, anyway. And my YouTube channel and my Facebook pages, my LinkedIn. And please look at my uh, Out of Discord into Harmony. Okay, I'll make it's sure that's YouTube all. YouTube video. That's really important. And also sign up for the... 500 questions, one answer, because you'll learn a lot. And then I have offered my time for a 15-minute phone call because this is such a new endeavor. A lot of people want a session with me, but they don't want to sign up. And, yeah, it's kind of like we, they want to let to know me better. So I have a 15-minute inductory call. They can talk with me. And I give awesome. sessions, private sessions as well. Okay. I'll make sure that in the show notes, which listeners you can access at giveaheck.com, go into pod podcast portal part of this website, and you'll be able to find once uh, this episode uh, will have all that information and you'll be able to reach out. And if you know you're uncomfortable listeners and you don't want to reach Lois directly, reach out to me and I'll connect you. I'll, you know, I'll be that conduit to help you because some people are uncomfortable and they've had so much shame, guilt, 
and they that they just they can't take that one leap and if you know me listener you know if you've been listening and following me you've you know my book whatever and you and you feel like you're connected to me reach out and I'll help you connect to Lois because I think there's some not think I know there's some amazing things that you can utilize to get past that six inches between your ears that you have allowed yourself to hold you back right because the biggest thing is, is when we point at others, it points back at us, right? We're always taught that and it's true, but it doesn't mean that you can't change, right? It doesn't mean that you can't move forward. Shame, guilt are our uninvited guests. I love that. That's another one. Shame, guilt are our <laughs> uninvited guests. Oh my gosh. You're a plethora of, inf- of, uh, of um, information I, you know. and titles for my <laughs> podcast. So yes, I'll make sure it's in there. So thanks so much for being on Give a Heck, Lois. I appreciate your time and sharing some of your experiences so that others too can learn it is never too late to give a heck. Thank you for taking time out of your day and listening to Give a Heck. If you find value, I'd appreciate you sharing with your friends and family so they too can learn how to live life on purpose not by accident. So you do not miss the next episode. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and please also post a review. I look forward to reading your comments. This has been Dwight Heck. If you want to check out other podcast episodes or today's show notes, please check out my website, giveaheck.com. And until next time, together let us all strive to give a heck.